Whenever you feel like you don't deserve something or you're not worthy of something or you're in that imposter syndrome space, write out a list of as many things as you can that qualify you to do what it is that you're doing. You start to realize, oh, actually, yeah, I am qualified to be here. I love your way of like launch simple, right? It removes the friction from taking action and moving forward. Well, because if it's complicated, then you're not going to do it. And each time you can make it fancier, make it shinier, but you don't have to do it all at the start. One of our first mentors, he did say, your business grows to the extent that you do. And I agree 120% with that. How much was that revenue hit for you per client, if you can say? I think it was anywhere between like $2,000 a month and $10,000 a month when we lost a client. What are some of the things that you did to get 2 million people to listen to you on your podcast because yeah. that's a massive growth. Feb 2020 was like a $10,000 month, March was a $60,000 month and then April was like a $360,000 month. Hey, I'm Luis and this is Luis and welcome to the Content is Profit podcast. In here you're going to get the insight, <laughs> accountability and drive to create consistently and increase revenue. You'll hear from top entrepreneurs, creators and anything and everything you need to know about content. All this we're having a good time. The Goal this podcast is simple, entertain, educate, and turn your content into profit. Let's go! You forgot again. I got it, I got it, I got it. Dude, you, were, you were hitting me with uh, an odd cadence in there. I was like, <laughs> what is going on? What, is, what are you saying? I like to throw curveballs, you know, see if you're on your feet. I mean, today at least you read it right, you know? I always do. We've done I this like 500 do. times, so you keep <laughs> reading it. You're saying, but anyways, if you're enjoying the show, go ahead and follow in your favorite podcasting platform and YouTube. Go to YouTube, see our faces, see your guest faces. That's right. Yeah. Go to YouTube to leave some uh, <laughs> nice and mean comments, maybe. Who knows? We love enjoying all that, <laughs> reading all type of comments yes. and if today's guest helped you move one step closer towards your goal please don't forget to share this episode and of course leave a five-star review that's right we met this guest in person actually in an incredible conference and we we're just walking past this bunch of puppies they have like a, a dog puppy station and we're working with carly who's uh part of the hotspot network she's like oh my gosh have you met this incredible woman yeah uh, our mutual love for <laughs> yeah. puppies brought us together i know we're yep. just petting puppies together and chatting podcasting and content and uh i'm excited because like i had no Dude, idea who she we should have called today's episode pups and pods we still have time pups um <laughs> pups, pups and pods and yeah and <laughs> pods all right so, so good what, what just what? saying what a concept pups and pods have a podcast <laughs> just petting puppies Dude, that is definitely going to do good on YouTube. That's sure. going to do good in YouTube. Okay. All right, keep going with the intro. Okay, there we go. There we go. <laughs> Tiny well, alert. It's your time now. Why don't you tell me what some of the things that she's doing right now? Well, she's an online business strategist that specializes in helping service-based business owners build profitable and sustainable online business. I love what she says. I help you build an online business that's profitable when you're offline. Mm, that see, resonates deeply. I see your eyes shine. They do. They do. <laughs> She has taken her online business from 100K to 1 million in just 12 months. Studio clap. That deserves studio clap. That is yep. very, very impressive. Also, she is part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. <laughs> Let's, go. Let's go. And she holds a podcast, Imperfect Action, which has over 2 million 
Download. I like how her superpower is ideation. Give her a problem to solve and she'll give creative ideas on how to solve it. Mm. Oh, good boy. thing I have my list of problems today <laughs> to discuss. Guys, please welcome the one and only Steph Taylor. <laughs> welcome, Steph. Intro I've ever had. Thank you. <laughs> appreciate it. Appreciate it. it. A little tangent, you know, with a few <laughs> tangents here and there, but it's okay. It's part of the show. Hey, Fonzie, you don't have to justify. She just said that was the best intro. Just take hey, it in, man. Take it in. All I'm doing is writing <laughs> pops and pods. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's that's got to be a pretty highly searched keyword in YouTube. <laughs> I reckon pops and pods. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hey, Maybe this is the dynamic trio for Pops and <laughs> for Pods, and we will record 52 episodes every time we meet a, pod, a podcast movement. Just 52 episodes? With, all, with the poppies. <laughs> we record 52, one for every week, you know? It, it'll be a thing, I'm telling you. We'll help, you know, these puppies get adopted, right? That's what, there you that's go. what we're for. You know? yeah. hey, there you go. Steph, we got next idea. some good. I know, I there know. There you go. Uh, Steph, super excited to have you here on the show. It's been, you know, we've connected after the, the, after the event as well. And I had no idea, but you're like royalty in Australia, where you are right now which is exciting. I wouldn't go quite <laughs> that far. <laughs> Any Australians listening to this are probably like, who is she? Uh, but if you want to keep believing that from over in Florida, please keep doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought she was royalty in the whole podcasting world because even when her friend Alex, she, she, you know, when, too humble, when, we, yeah, when we're like, <laughs> oh, like Steph, have you met her friend Alex? And Alex is like, I've been a fan since day number one. <laughs> and we're like, wow. And Alex is big time, you know, he's pretty big time. We're like, dude, she's yeah. the real deal. Yeah, absolutely. So Steph, we obviously, you know, you have a, a massive presence online. You've taught over 4,000 people and helped and supported them in, in their entrepreneurial journeys, right? Where does that hunger like start? You know, a lot of entrepreneurs that we talk about mm -hmm. or talk with, they have like this hunger of like helping people. And it's, um, the journey seems a little challenging for most of them. Uh, and mm -hmm. we see you as like this example of somebody who made it, who's helped a bunch of people and is living an incredible life too, right? Because you were like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna go vacation for our next month and the business is gonna run and it's gonna continue to grow. And you're like, oh my gosh, I have to be in studio tomorrow. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you know, it's like, that's the dream for a lot of people. So can you can you maybe give us a little bit of background? Like when did that start? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it didn't start that easily. It wasn't like suddenly one day I was just like, cool, I'm going to go offline and everything's going to be okay. Like I had to intentionally build my business to support that. And I started out similar to you guys. Like I actually started out building an agency Oh, back in 2017, I started building out an agency. I realized, you know, I love doing marketing consulting for all of these small businesses. Mm. And the only way to scale, or the only way I thought I could scale was to grow that into an agency and hire other people to do all the work. And then suddenly I was the one managing all of these people. I couldn't do the marketing work that I loved doing because yeah. I was too busy checking that everyone was happy, checking that everyone knew what they needed to be working on, all of the agency bits and pieces. Yeah. And around the same time, I actually went over to Europe for a couple of months and standing in front of the Eiffel Tower, I was looking around and there's all these happy couples around me and my partner standing next to me at the time or my partner at the time, he looks at me and I'm looking at my phone. 
I'm checking my emails and I'm replying yeah. to a client. Yeah. And that was a bit of a wake up call of, oh, hang on. I've built this business that does give me location freedom, but it hasn't given me the time freedom away from my laptop. And it hasn't given me that mental freedom where I'm not constantly thinking about my business when I'm not there. And over the next couple of years, I made it my mission to build something that would actually give me that freedom where when I'm at the computer, yeah, yeah I'm a hundred percent, I'm super productive. I'm getting everything done. But then when I'm not at the computer, when I'm, you know, I booked a van trip a couple of years ago and spent 30 days in a van with no laptop. I, last year I went hiking yeah. through the outback for two weeks with like one bar of 4G on one day. Like there was no phone <laughs> service, nothing. Yeah. And nothing fell apart. Uh, and I did that through pivoting from that agency model into more of a, I guess, digital product courses, programs, scaling that way rather than scaling in a way that needed my time and needed me yeah. to manage people. Yeah. I, I can only imagine that people listening to this, they're like, tell me all the secrets. <laughs> like, I want to know because I want to have freedom and not just location mm -hmm. freedom. You, you touched on this, right? Location freedom is not the same as that mental freedom, as time freedom. And, mm -hmm. you know, I feel like we ha we had, and now with the studio, not so much, we had some of that location freedom, you know. I used to be able to work from any coffee shop I wanted. You can still you know? work from any <laughs> coffee shop, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that being said, a lot of the nights that we go to sleep, we have in the back of our heads the business. Mm -hmm. And you don't, re like, it's so difficult to tune out right what was that first step so you were in front of the eiffel tower right with the partner at that time and you were checking mm -hmm. and and like that reality just hit on you but obviously the change wasn't overnight next day you didn't just leave your phone in the apartment and you know embrace your newly gained freedom while your business crumbled into pieces <laughs> Right. You probably <laughs> took a series of steps. Right. You probably, you know, I, I, I know you're big on strategy and longevity. So mm -hmm. what was a strategy that you set up in place to get you into that mental freedom? Be before, before you answer yeah. that, Steph, like, were you were you aware that that's what you wanted? Right. Because like here, here's where I've been for a lot of mm -hmm. a lot of years. It's like this is normal right like i'm gonna be at 9 p.m yeah. and i'm checking the email just what's up and it's like in my head i'm i think i'm like at the limit now where it's like after this conversation with you i'm gonna be like there's a new reality but in my head I'm like that's what it takes that's what and i think a lot yeah. of business owners and people are listening to us right they might be in that grind they might be in like uh they have a job or they have like their side gig and they might be in that mental stage and even when i had a job i managed fitness studios and 10 p.m i'm sending reports right so Exactly. I mean, now with the context, right, of like how maybe I personally feel, it might help steer the answer. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny you say that because I actually, even though I was really unhappy in that moment and I knew something needed to change, I didn't change anything for a long time because mm. we're humans. Like we resist change. It's really uncomfortable. And I think it was about six months later, I had another similar moment. So I had booked a week on a yacht in Greece with some friends, which was as, in, as amazing as it sounds. <laughs> But to have that week on the yacht, I knew I needed to be offline for a week. Mm. And I put so much time into preparing my team, preparing all my clients, making sure everything was scheduled, everything was, we were on top of all the work that needed to go out. 
And still in that on in that week on the boat, I remember standing at the front of the boat with my arm outstretched in the air, trying to get enough phone service to check my emails. Wow. And that was more of a wake up call for me than the Eiffel Tower moment. Because then when I got back from that trip, when I got back to Australia, I thought, you know what? I've just had the most incredible time overseas, but the whole time I was thinking about my business. I was distracted. I wasn't present with my friends. I wasn't present in these beautiful locations. Yeah. And it started by firing my first client. I already had one online course at this point, but I knew that if I wanted to turn it into, turn that side of the business into something that would actually sustain me, I needed to spend more time on it, which meant letting go of clients and taking a bit of a revenue hit. Um, because similar to you, I thought for a long time, I thought it's just a matter of getting more clients, getting more clients, and then eventually the business will be at a point where it runs itself. But for each client that I took on, I didn't realize it was actually adding so much more to my plate. Yeah. And my business wasn't, the business model wasn't set up in a way that if I just suddenly magically had more clients, I was going to work less. I was actually going to end up working more. So I had to start letting go of those clients one by one. And each time I let them go, it was like, oh, that's another little revenue hit. But then I started selling more and more of the courses. Okay. And slowly, slowly, it started to make up for the lost revenue in terms of being able to actually invest the time into creating them and being able to do launches, which it, for me is the number one way that I sell them. Yeah. How, mu how much was that revenue hit for you per client, if you can say, right, for mm -hmm. reference? And then what was the, the, the time that you were investing in creating these courses? Or were the courses actually created from yeah. before and you, and you, like, didn't promote them as much? Or you went into creation mode and then promote them? Uh, what was that yeah, transition so, like? Yeah, so each client was different. And from memory, oh, I think it was anywhere between like $2,000 a month and $10,000 a month when oh. we lost a client. I think $10,000 was the particularly difficult one to let go of. <laughs> yeah. um, the courses, some of them I had pre-created before I launched. But in general, and I still do this now, I will usually launch it before I've created the entire thing. So I might have an outline for what I want the course to be. And I know what I'm going to teach in it. Yeah. And I know what's going to be in each module, but I haven't actually recorded them. Or maybe I've recorded the first module, or maybe I'm going to teach them live via Zoom each week for the first round. That I still find to be such an effective strategy because yeah. you don't know if anyone's going to pay for something until you create it and ask them to buy it or sorry, until you ask them to buy it, even if you haven't created it. Yeah. That's awesome. I, yeah. I think that gives a very solid starting point for a lot of people. Right. I think I, I remember the first time we heard about, you know, selling before you actually do the thing because you get feedback mm -hmm. very quickly. We're like, wow, this is actually something yeah. that people want and uh, that people want to consume are perfect. Now I can spend my time and energy into creating something that's really valuable for the audience. Yeah. Yeah. Or if they don't want it, then exactly. suddenly you have feedback. You can ask them, why didn't you buy? And then you can make tweaks to accommodate. A lot that. of the time, it's not even the, it's not even the course that needs to change. A lot of the time, it's just the messaging that needs to change. Yeah. You know, when my mind goes to courses and maybe, yeah, I think you said you sell some programs. I'm guessing they're like membership based, mm -hmm. you know, to. Um, you know, have like that group program. group program, have that maybe that continuity and whatnot. My mind immediately goes to one of the first books that I read that got me into <laughs> this space, right? Which was Dotcom Secrets, right? And I remember reading Dotcom mm -hmm. Secrets. 
and it was like a treasure map. Like I was reading that thing and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so easy. I was like, I'm about to go out of this Panda Express right now, quit my job and go launch a funnel and make a whole bunch of money because this book made me a believer in funnels, right? It made me a believer in selling courses and programs, continuity, etc. But obviously, once you start going into that world, you start figuring out that there's a lot of complications and challenges, right? One of them is obviously that you, if you're selling a course, like a one-time type of payment, you start realizing, wow, I need to sell consistently, right? Uh, a lot of them, if I want to hit certain numbers, and then you are like, well, I need something that people can pay me monthly for. And then you go into continuity. And that's how a lot of people eventually get to the agency side of things because they're like, well, I can do agency work and I can pay, I, they can pay me high ticket and, yeah. you know, in a <laughs> on a continual basis, right? Like that's literally our story right there. So I'm curious, right? Like you were the other way around. You're like, okay, I'm an agency. I despise this with all my, my might. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the courses and programs. Didn't you have that challenge, right? Didn't you have that fear of potentially not selling enough courses? Because you sitting here, you told me, you know, I you kind of like set it under the radar, but like, I pretty much sell through the launches, right? What is a method to keep feeding, you know, those launches with qualified leads, right? Like, how, it's a process, right? It's a lot It's that, mm -hmm. that goes to it. And I, obviously we're not gonna cover all of it. If you wanna know more, make sure you connect with Steph. But, you know, we're gonna kind of like dip our toes in the water in here. So Steph, why don't you mm -hmm. get me a little bit on the first time that you decided to do a launch for your course. How did oh. you attract these leads, right? Like, what was your process like? Oh, wow. Okay, we're going way back. But I also have another story I want to tell you in a minute. All uh, right. Continuity by, by the way, a huge, I, I, it took me way too long. I, I don't have just my toe dipped in. I'm like all in the water. I'm swimming. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> all right. All right. So the very first, the very first course that I launched was completely unrelated to what I do right now. And it was a course on Facebook ads because I, as running an agency, we did run Facebook ads for our clients. And one of the things that I kept noticing was I was getting people inquiring in my inbox, will you run our ads for us? We have a budget of $500 a month. And I was like, well, $500 a month isn't even going to cover our ads management fees. You're much better off learning how to run them yourself and, and you can things use out, all yeah. of that budget towards the ad spend. Yeah. So I created a course on Facebook ads and luckily I'd already started to build up a bit of an audience because I was this is now, we're going back, this is 2017, 2018. I was regularly blogging about the world of online marketing. Mm. I was calling out the people who were giving really bad advice about social media. I was telling people what mistakes they were making. And at the time, this was pretty revolutionary. Yeah. And then they would download my freebies and then they would sit on my email list. So I had a bit of an audience to launch to mm. uh, in that first launch. Cool. Then the subsequent launch, the second time I launched that same course, that was where I had a bit of a dip because the people who were in my audience who had already bought from me had bought from me. Uh, and I'd been running Facebook ads, but they weren't really that warm. They weren't warm enough to buy. Uh, so that hopefully that answers your question about the first launch. <laughs> yeah. But I do want to talk about continuity because 
my one of my best selling courses so far is one that I created by accident. I created it because people kept asking me, how do I start a podcast? And I was like, well, I don't want to teach you one on one how to start a podcast. So <laughs> yeah. let me just put this into a course and then you can buy it. Uh, so I launched that. I launched it again. I launched it with a webinar. I launched it again with a webinar. I started running Facebook ads to that same webinar and I launched it again and again. And then I think after about seven, seven launches where I'd run ads to this webinar and I taught the webinar seven times, I thought this is converting really well. What's going to happen if I record the webinar and I just automate the entire funnel and run ads to that? That's how I scaled it really quickly from not making any sales to, I think that particular course sold like 750 or $800,000 worth in wow. one year of a $200 course. Wow. So $200 course. You $200 said two course. Ooh, nice. Yeah. So we sold about 4,000 of those in the first year. Wow. And that was through running Facebook ads to that particular funnel. Hmm. But the mistake that I made was I didn't think about continuity. That was at that point in time, I'd retired all of my other offers. I had a couple of other courses at that point that I then retired because I didn't want to keep updating courses on Facebook ads because Facebook changes everything yeah. or meta changes everything every five minutes. Yeah. And so I, I retired everything else. And this was the only thing that people could buy from me. And they kept asking me, what else can we buy from you? What else? What's next? This was mid pandemic and I was like overwhelmed. There was just wow. so much going on. My business had grown so quickly. Suddenly I was having to, you know, hire somebody to do customer support. I was having to delegate things. I was having to scramble to keep up with all of this new stuff that comes when your business grows. Yeah. And I didn't have the bandwidth to create any other offers for somebody else to buy. Wow. So I, I think that cost me a lot. I think that cost me over a million dollars in lost revenue wow. because if even just you know, 25% of those 4,000 people had bought something from me. Yeah. That would have been a huge jump in revenue. What have yeah. you done? So what would it, continuity you, is important. Yeah. Mm. Did you change that or like what, what, if you were in that same position today with what you know, what would have been a, a logical next step to that? Yeah. The logical next step would have been something around monetizing their podcast. Now, most of the people who I attract into that course are already business owners. And I have a course that comes before that. And I have a course that comes after that. Mm. So I'm taking, I think of all of the different things that I sell in my business as this journey. So when somebody first comes into my world, they're probably pretty early on in business. And I want them to not make the same mistake that I did. So my first course teaches them how to design the different things that they sell. Yeah. Then the next course is launching a podcast because I think that's a great way to stand out. I think it's a great way to build authority in your space. Yeah. I think it's a great way to get your audience to trust you. Then the next one is organically growing your audience. Then the next one is launching. So there's this beautiful journey where I'm serving them at different points. So even though I don't have a membership, I still have that continuity. Yeah, mm. that's awesome. Um, yeah. By the way, mega congrats. And in the middle of the pandemic too, like super crazy, amazing. Yeah. My, my head goes to... Where were you? Well, first, I don't think you were expecting that much growth, right? And then as oh, no. a business, you know, we think about this all the time, or maybe I think more about that, where it's like part of the, I guess, I'm, I'm being vulnerable, right? Part of the fear to go and do something like that, right? Just now, we just mm -hmm. had a studio tour with this amazing couple, 
and uh, we're talking about this and I'm educating them about the process and I think that's one of the things that I've been enjoying more about the studios mm -hmm. like I actually get to talk to them like in a table and and also find out a lot of like what our local people are looking for and it's been a very re revealing process and this guy turns out that he played for the NFL he ended for like 12 years he has a massive real estate business you know in Atlanta they just moved to Jacksonville and they're like brand new to this right Fuzzy doesn't know this like hey, this just happened yeah. and um yeah. and I'm explaining this process and I'm like well if you have an editor great like we can help him provide all the files for them but if not we have a production team that can do this and he's looking at me he's like you can pay me for later for this why don't you guys create a course and teach people how to do this? And in my head, I'm like, well, <laughs> this has been the last three years of like us trying to figure out like what, what the next logical step for is. And, and I feel mm -hmm. like we're on this like uh, diving board, the edge of that diving board, right? And you see the water, you're like, it's, it's hot. You see it and you're like, this is going to be so good. And then, but a lot of it is like the aftermath of like, what if it actually hits? And we talked about this fear before. It's like fear to succeed in a sense, right? It's like, oh yeah. man, like all these things that are going to come that are very unknown to us because we've never been there. How do you deal with that as a business owner? I mentally, like, do you have a coach that kind of got you through it? Uh, do you have somebody that yeah. was in that position before uh, to be able to manage that? Because yeah. that's a massive growth. Oh, and it happened really quickly. Like, yeah. I think Feb 2020 was like a $10,000 month. March was a $60,000 month. And then April was like a $360,000 month wow. to give you an idea of how quickly that happened. And wow. at the time I wasn't working with a coach. I didn't really have any friends who'd scaled businesses that quickly. So I was, I was pretty overwhelmed. Like I honestly think I spent most of April and May 2020 just like sitting there in front of the TV so afraid to touch anything in my business in case I broke it. I was like, I don't know what to do next. So I'm just going to not do anything. Uh, and then I started, I did start working with a coach and she was more of a mindset coach than a business coach though, because I realized that what was starting to creep in was more mindset around, oh, this is going to disappear. The success is going to disappear as quickly as it happened. Or I'm too much, I'm an imposter or all of those things that started bubbling up more than the actual strategic things. Once I got on top of all the mindset stuff, the next step, the strategy, that was pretty clear to me. Yeah. But it was more of the like how I was self-sabotaging for a better, for want of a better word to say it, like how I was self-sabotaging that quick growth. Yeah. Um, that was all the mindset stuff. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a big challenge. It, I don't know how I got through it. Now it feels really comfortable. Now I'm like, cool, I can scale really quickly. And I think I've got it sorted. <laughs> but before I had all of the little, the little stones in my shoe that I didn't realize when you scale, it just multiplies the problem. Yeah. And I wish I'd known Oh, get on top of the little, the little customer support things, that little glitch when, you know, one in five people who buy, they don't get their login details. When you're selling to a thousand people, that's a lot of customer support. Yeah. So <laughs> fix all the little things first and then, then you can start to scale. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Very real fears. I still feel, I still feel mm. like an imposter sometimes, you know, I walk in here in the studio <laughs> and I'm like, wow, is this all ours? That's crazy, right? Um, but, um. I've, I've, I've heard from Seth Godin once in one of his podcasts, he said that um, the imposter syndrome was more of an indicator 
that you're on the right track. Mm. Right? It's an indicator that whatever is on the other side is probably going to be good for you and to lean into it. And like anything else, yeah. right? We the problem is not the problem. The perception to the problem is a problem. So we can change our perception of certain things and how we attack them. There's a really great TED talk by Mike Cannon Brooks, who's the founder of one of the founders of Atlassian, and it's a talk about imposter syndrome. And he, from memory, he's in a room. I think it's an award dinner or something like that, and he's at a table next to some guy who's like a billionaire and the guy next to him he, he says to the guy next to him something around the lines of like oh i shouldn't be in this room and that guy also is like oh i feel like i shouldn't be in this room either hmm. and it's such a reminder that you can uh, go and watch the whole ted talk so i've probably just butchered it in like exact word by word that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is my ted talk uh, no so it's such a reminder that you can be at like any stage you can yeah. be one of those people that you look up to and they're probably also still struggling with it it's just the room that you play in and the level that you get to is a little bit higher the stakes get higher as you grow it doesn't just go away yeah, yeah. Do, do you ever go back and look i'm like wow look at how far we've come like sometimes maybe with entrepreneurship like we're always looking up the next target right we get here and we're like okay what's next or you know i remember like day one we got the studio then we're like how do we franchise this what's the next step like what's the second location can we go buy others like it's uh, you know you're immediately thinking about that and then you know, uh, I get reminded a lot by my coach, be like, slow down, take a deep breath, like <laughs> celebrate mm -hmm. this that you guys just did. Like uh, not just with the studio, with, with any other success, right? Like <laughs> we have a homework, <laughs> which is going out a dinner with my wife and Fonzie's girlfriend to celebrate <laughs> the things that have happened this last month, right? Like the, the podcast growing, all these things. I thought right? it was only going to be a bro night. Well, it can be a bro night. Sorry, Katie. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, okay. Madison. Uh, <laughs> But uh, do you ever stop and be like, because it's helped me personally be like, wow, look at all what we achieved in the last four, four, four years. Look at our empire. Yeah, sure. <laughs> My room, like the one home office. <laughs> the whole house is taken back. Uh, but no, I mean, think about it, right? Like four years ago, there's no podcast. Yeah. It's just a podcast example, right? Like for us, now we're in the biggest business network in the world, right? One of the top podcasts, like, you know, not close to yours, but... We're gonna catch you, Steph. Uh, <laughs> but it's like, not only that, the relationship, I think we measure, I measure a lot of it by the relationships and the quality of people that we've been able to meet and connect and be become friends with, right? And now we have a home in Australia with you. And you know, I think, you know, yeah, we can, we can bring that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, I measure that and then I look back and we're like, wow, okay, yes. We're like, this is so worth it. And it kind of gives me that comfort mm -hmm. to then confront those rooms. What have been some of the tools that you've used to to kind of do that and fight that imposter syndrome yeah i so i've similar to you like i also am so forward thinking i'm always like oh what's next what's next and something that i do like once or twice a year is i go back through all of my old journals like i've been pretty consistent keeping a journal since about the second year of my business i go okay. back through and i read what i was struggling with mm. back then and it's like wow i can't believe i was this little thing felt like such a big problem at the time and now I've overcome it and I can overcome that a million times over now. Uh, so going back and reflecting on that is, has been such a big tool for me. Um, another one that a friend and mentor suggested to me was whenever you feel like you're not, you don't deserve something or you're not worthy of something or you're in that imposter syndrome space, write out a list of like a hundred things 
or as many things as you can that qualify you to do what it is that you're doing. So whether that's experiences, whether that's actual physical qualifications, whether that's wins that you've had or problems that you've overcome, just write out an entire list of that. And you start to realize, oh, actually, yeah, I am, I am qualified to be here. But it's very easy for our brains to just ignore all of that. Yeah. No. By the way, I just did this like, oh, I'm so excited because I say mm -hmm. this to you a ton. Like every time your imposter syndrome creeps up, I'm like, dude, look at what you've done. Look at this thing. And like, I'm, I'm making the list for Fonzie. And I, I, wanna, I, I, I just like when other people say it, you know, so, I'm like, <laughs> so I pretend I'm like, yeah, sure. And then I was like, yeah, hit me with compliments. <laughs> no, nah, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> it's such an you important exercise. You brought your own hype girl. You're each other's hype girls, hype bros. <laughs> yeah, hype bros. Yeah. yeah. That's um, hilarious. I, I do want to go back a little bit to, to the courses <laughs> thing. You know, I, I don't get me wrong. I love all this internal personal development growth. I think it goes hand by hand with the business. One of our first mentors, he did say, your business grows to the extent that you do. And I agree 120% with that, right? And um, I think Alex Sharfin is, it says, if the business is not where you want it to be, it's because you are not the person that can run that business. So again, personal development goes hand in hand with business. But I'm just so curious, and I haven't been able to take this out of my mind about your <laughs> courses, because guess what? We are getting hyped up because we obviously want to do, you know, we, we want to follow the footsteps of the Steph, and I name you the Executioner Taylor, right? And not Executioner because you take action, but also because at first you were, you know, criticizing the bad advice online. You were like on your own crusade to protect people from bad marketing advice. And I think that's absolutely amazing. So when we go back to the launches, you mentioned that you had your email list and you run Facebook ads, right? So you, obviously you grow your list for a certain period of time, you get new people in there, obviously the people that have been engaged with you in there, and then Facebook ads, I'm guessing you are adding more people to that email list throughout the launch, or you take them immediately to the funnel for them to buy. I'm curious, like how often do you do these launches? Do you do them once a quarter, right? On the Facebook ads or when you get people to the funnels, do you have upsells, downsells? Like, is it a lead magnet that you get them on? I'm so curious. I'm sorry, I'm geeking okay, out in okay. here. I'm like, tell yes. me all the deeds. Okay, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, share the, I'll share the launch process that we do now because it's changed a lot over the last few years. Uh, and what worked in 2017 doesn't really work that much anymore. Mm. So I now I have one, I have my main course, Launch Magic, that I launch twice a year. It's 12 weeks long and I teach it for 12 weeks. So 12 nice. weeks times two is like, that's my bread and butter. I love that course. And then in between that, in between teaching that is when I can take that time off and go offline. Mm. Uh, and then I have a bigger program I launch once a year. And then I sometimes launch smaller ones a few times a year. So we've done quite a few launches this year and it's been really fun refining that process and getting my team to know exactly what needs to happen. And I know what needs to happen. And we're, we're kind of on top of all of it now. So yeah. <laughs> typically what will happen is in the lead up, we'll start sharing content that is moving somebody to the point where they need to be to be ready to buy. So that's usually not going to be how to content. I always use the example of imagine that I'm a dog trainer and you have a dog that's like barking and running away, but your dog's really old and you think, well, there's no point. Like my dog's too old. I can't train him anymore. So when I then share 
how to stop your dog from barking, tips and tricks to stop your dog running away, that kind of content, you keep scrolling because you think, well, that's not going to work for my dog. Yeah. yeah. So instead I'm sharing content like why are your dogs never too old to be trained? Mm. So that stuff's moving you closer to buying my course than on training your dog. Uh, and then I have a launch specific lead magnet. So this is not like a general lead magnet where I'm just trying to attract all of the right people into my list. This is for the right people for this particular offer. Yeah. And it's also moving them closer to buying again. So it's overcoming any of the things that are any of the big roadblocks that would make them think, oh, this isn't for me or this won't work for me. Yeah. Uh, then getting closer to cart open, we'll have a webinar, usually on the first day that doors are open, mm. uh, maybe two webinars. Sometimes I'll run three time zones and that kind of thing. Uh, and then usually seven days of doors open, five, anywhere between five and nine. We've kind of found seven's the sweet spot yeah. uh, with bonuses. I tend to launch pretty simply. So we don't have a lot of upsells and downsells. Occasionally I'll add an order bump or an upsell, yeah. but I like to keep it really simple. Yeah. And maybe, yeah, maybe we're losing out on some revenue through that. But I'm also, I don't want to build a complicated business. Yeah. Mm. And I have done all of those things. I have added all of the shiny bells and whistles in the past. And I think the trade-off of having this business that feels complicated and heavy makes it much i don't think that's worth the extra revenue yeah i think uh, I, so i think i heard once we were working with a book launch last year where it's like one mm. one extra item on the launch it was like a 4x complexity on the back end with automations and different things that like that we had to to mm. build on the back end with the internal team that sounds horrible and it, it, it was <laughs> it was like you know it's like a marketing agency like we consulted with a few and they're like Oh, it would be great if we do X. And then we had the tech guy. We're like, well, that means this on the back end and this many time, this this much time and these resources and all this stuff. And I love your your way of like launch simple, right? It removes the friction from mm -hmm. taking action and moving forward. Well, because if it's complicated, then you're not going to do it. Yeah. And this is what I teach my students over and over again. I'm like, just do it simply the first time. Don't worry about this beautiful funnel with all of the upsells and downsells and tripwires and all of the things <laughs> yeah. because in the, it's going to take you so long to get it out there that you're just never going to get it out there. Just put it out there, launch it. You can add things to it each time because you, you're not never just launching the course once. Yeah. You launch it a few times a year, right? And then each time you do it, it gets easier. The first time you're launching something, you've got to write a sales page. You've got to write cart open emails. You've got to do all of these things for the first time. Yeah. But then the next time you launch it, now you have a bit more time because you've already done the sales page. Now it's, okay, great. What else can we improve? Yeah. What can we add? What can we remove? And each time you can make it fancier, make it shinier, but you don't have to do it all at the start. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like it. I like Absolutely. it. I'm, I'm looking at your website right now and it says, I think you have like three things that you're selling at the moment. You got launch magic, which is that 12 week yeah. program that you said, and then there's launch strategy and then AC podcast launch, launch plan. Is that kind of like the, the suite of products you're selling right now? No, that, that is a, the website needs a serious revamp because that got designed at the start of 2020. Oh, wow. And everything I sell has changed since then. Uh, yes, I still sell those things, but they're not they're not the only ones. Yeah, yeah okay. it, lo it looks beautiful, by the way. Yeah, it, it looks, looks awesome. The website yeah. looks cool. Yeah. Um, Steph, you mentioned at the beginning of the call, right? Like, um, obviously, the show is called Content is Profit. 
how are you able to turn your content into profit, right? A lot of people hear the advice of like, start creating, start creating is gonna lead to profit. And that's literally was our belief when we started the show. For us, it led to profit through the relationships and the opportunities that we were able to create and that's evolving every single day, right? With a format of content that we also create. Right? There's many elements that we've learned <laughs> the last four years of running the show that, that can influence this. Mm -hmm. And I'm very curious, like on your side, as we approach, you know, the end of the show, um, do you have, I think like when we asked you like right before the interview, it's like, what do we want to talk? Like, what do we want to like dive deep a little bit and like yeah. be very specific? You mentioned this, right? So what's your point of view? How do people can do this? Uh, what's the best mm -hmm. way that you found for yourself and, you know, through your community? Yeah. Yeah. So I think one thing that I've really realized over, so I've been podcasting for five and a half years now. And one thing that I realized was if I wanted to monetize my podcast with my own digital products, with my own courses, it wasn't going to be a matter of just mentioning in the episode, Hey, I have this, go and buy it. I yeah. realized actually they need to, I need to be using my podcast to feed them into that lead magnet, the, the freebie that's going to move yeah. them through so that when I launch, they're ready to buy. Yeah. Uh, so realizing that actually my podcast was much higher up the funnel than I thought it was, it wasn't necessarily for somebody who's at that point where they're ready to buy. It's for somebody who's still, they, they don't even know that they have a problem yet. So my podcast then is educating them on the problem. It's educating them on the solution. Then they can go and get my lead magnet. Then they can come to the webinar and then they buy. Mm -hmm. So that's been such a big shift for me in terms of actually making money out of the podcast. Um, mm -hmm. And also, you know, realizing, you know, maybe there, there are so many different ways you can monetize the podcast and maybe there is an untapped income stream. Affiliate income has been another big one. Yeah. Uh, and I hadn't even touched, I hadn't even thought about that at the start. <laughs> yeah. And now it's like, oh, well, of course, I'm recommending the different tools and the different bits of software that I'm using. So, of course, an affiliate link makes sense. Yeah. yeah, you should definitely make your dog a personality on your podcast <laughs> and at the beginning of every episode, give him treats and then get a partnership with a treat company and you just give him the treats Ooh. to your puppy. It's a win-win. Happy puppy, happy business. There you go. Uh, I'm curious on, uh, I know we're getting close to the end here. So this one, you know, just you can you can set us fast and maybe we will use it as a hook for the next episode, you know, when we do the live episode from Australia or maybe somewhere else in, yeah. in, in the world. I, I commented on one of your stories the other day that you were in like an amazing beach and there was a hammock and I was like, that looks like the most amazing hammock in the world. And you were like, oh, I'll tell you after I try it. So was it the most amazing hammock in the world? It was a pretty awesome hammock. We couldn't record a podcast from there, sadly. There was no Wi-Fi, but it was awesome. Yeah. Like, by the way, well, like when we had our first office, you know, Fonsi would suddenly disappear from like the office. Like, Where is he? And there was like the back of the building had these crazy trees and he ended up buying this like, like, uh, e like, yeah, e it's e a hammock that you like a portable hammock that yeah. you do with like parachute, like, you know, cloth or whatever. And he'll just be like sleeping, you know, at like 2 p.m. <laughs> You know, when, when you talk about simplicity, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you need to recharge, you know, when you talk about simplicity right now, you were talking to my heart. I was like, I want that, you know, I want a simple business. And it also leads me to believe that in a way you also have maybe a simple way 
to promote your 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 mm -hmm. podcast, right? You talk about your podcast, kind of like being top of the funnel. Mm -hmm. You've been doing it for five years, two million downloads. That's a lot of people listening to your message. And just in case you're watching this video, my brother just went to get the charger for the computer. But, you know, I'm curious on what is, like, how did you get, and maybe not the how, but what are some of the things that you did to get two million people to listen to you on your podcast, right? I know mm. you are consistent because you've done a lot of episodes for being podcasting for five mm. years, right? But besides that, do you, you know, right now some of the popular ones are guesting, you know, maybe <laughs> running some ads to it. I'm just curious, what was your game plan? Oh, I think, yeah, consistency was the biggest one. You know, it's showing up three times a week for five and a half years. That's been such a huge one, but also really involving my audience. So mm. going out, when I first started the show, I would go into Facebook groups with people who were like my ideal listeners. And now, you know, this was 2018, so very yeah, different yep. climate to what it is now. But I would ask them, what questions do you have about marketing your business? What questions do you have about this? What questions do you have about that? And then I would go and create episodes answering those questions. And then I would post the link in the group saying, hey, here's the answer to your question as a comment. Um, so that, that little things like that that didn't scale ended up scaling in the long term because mm. those people would then share the episodes with their friends. Yeah. And then their friends would listen and then their friends would share the episodes. So that... I think a lot of the stuff that I did at the start that didn't scale is the reason why I've got so many downloads now. I probably wouldn't go and invest the time doing those things now because one extra listener in the context of all of the downloads I've got is probably not worth my time yeah. uh, to do that. But mm. now I do, yeah, I do the things like guesting. We've run ads in paid newsletters. Those have been really, mm. really useful. Sorry, paid ads in newsletters. Um, And then even just running Facebook ads to my lead magnets and then in the nurture sequences after somebody downloads, we're sending them to listen to a podcast playlist, playlist of the best episodes. I love it. I love it. You know, I've, I've only mentioned this in one episode. So if you're listening to this right now, you can take this idea and run with it. I, you know, I've, I've thought mm -hmm. about that actually for a while about the ads. And I took this or this idea actually started from, oh, I forgot his name, but he's a pretty big YouTuber. I went on his website. Jay and Klaus? He, no, 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 it wasn't Jay Klaus. I, I, I went on his website and he had his podcast kind of like divided in topics. He was like, if you want to learn the best of sales, here are the five episodes that I recommend the most. And my mind immediately went like, well, this guy has a lot of traffic. So people come and visit his website. We don't. People don't go on our website, you know, like, oh, let me check out these guys. <laughs> but in my mind, I was like, I think this is a great idea. I actually grabbed the top five episodes talking about, yeah. you know, growth and, you know, how to sell courses and package them in a way, create a really cool intro episode that you hook them to listen to all the rest and then put them out into a Facebook ad, right? And you're like, hey, look, these are the five mm -hmm. episodes. Maybe you even condense them and do a little bit of a review after that, you yeah. know, condensed version. You package them as a lead magnet, and then you promote it that way. So you're getting listeners on your podcast, emails in your in your list. email list, right? And at the same time, you're just nurturing nurturing them. I think it's a. It, I've had a, that mm. idea for a while. We're gonna. You know what? We're gonna have to do that. 
Um, and I, is this a will you do it or a can you do it? It's a will, okay. will do it. I love it. I love it. It's a, I will do it. Um, and I think you like that idea, Steph. So if you run with it, let I me know because I would love to hear the results in that. Yeah. So we do it a much simpler way. We just put them into a Spotify playlist and share the link to the playlist. Mm. Um, but, and that's, I love the idea of packaging them up, but I'm also like, is that overcomplicating it? True. I don't know. We'll true. Find out. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. Is it overcomplicated? We're, we're going for simple here. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Steph, today has been so awesome. Uh, we hope that you come back at some point for part two and deep dive a little bit more, but I'm, I'm very excited and inspired by your story. I'm sure, you know, everybody here listening, uh, took a couple golden boulders, how we call them of, of value. Thank you for sharing your, you know, the, the mental side and the, also like the execution side, the tactical, like that you did share a lot of tactical stuff, which is super awesome. Um, I do have a last question for you, which is the most important of all. Ready? What is the name of your dog? Now, <laughs> <laughs> I mean that is a very important question is, in, in steps you know, life. Um, where will you be if you never published? Mm, I'd probably be back in a job. I'd probably be in the office, photocopying things, filing things. Probably very miserable. What were you and doing before? Instead, here I am. Sorry. What were you doing before? What was your job? Oh, I was an accountant. I was in like corporate finance and accounting, which is really boring. Uh, that was going back seven years now, but wow, yeah. yeah, I was in such a different world. And now, you know, it, it took a lot of twists and turns. It's taken a failed business. We didn't even talk about today, which that maybe that's part two. Um, yeah. but if I had never hit record, I don't think my business would be where it is today at all. Hmm. Let that be a lesson for you listening. If you haven't published yet. That's, that's that's why we ask this question right it puts things into it. perspective so many people postpone yeah. it like i've been postponing you know the packaging of the podcast and running it as an ad yeah. and then this puts it into perspective when we ask what you know because a lot of times we don't think on the other side of the coin right what would have happened mm. you know if the coin landed on the other way and what would have happened if we didn't take imperfect action right Go check out Steph podcast, Imperfect yeah. Action. Ooh, yeah. And at the end of the day, if we, you know, nothing changes, if nothing changes, right? So we do need to take that first step in order to take the second and the third one and then evolve throughout the journey. And sure, we're going to feel that imposter syndrome, right? We might get scared. We might have some failed launches. We might have some failed attempts add freedom you know where we find ourselves in the best location in the world but we're gonna be stuck on our cell phones but that's all part of the journey at the end of the day right if we want to get to a place where we are living the life that we want right that we're seeking that we're working for at the end of the day we need to take imperfect action that's right yeah steph thank you so much is there anything else you want to add before we head out no, I think you covered it really well. Thank you. And, and thank you for that beautiful spiel about imperfect action. I might steal that and add that to my podcast description. Go ahead. Yes, it's all yours. All yours. Awesome. Fuzzy. I mean, that was great. I don't have anything I felt poetic. Yeah, I felt poetic. That, that was good. You felt inspired. I've been, I've been uh, learning a little bit about Socrates and Plato and, you know, uh, <laughs> ancient Athens. So, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for you to have kids and see, and see how, how much time are you going to have to do all these things? <laughs> uh, I'll find a way. 
Well, Steph, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody that tuned in. And with that, thank you for tuning to the Contest Profit Podcast. Go ahead and follow the show in your favorite podcasting platform and on social media at BizBrosCo. That is right. If today's guest help you move one step closer towards your goal, please don't forget to share this episode and, and leave a five-star review. And if and you want pops and pods, let us know as well. All right, see ya. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>